and welcome to the Earth Rangers podcast. I'm Earth Ranger Emma, and I hope you're ready to party. Because today, we have a lot to celebrate. Okay, you know what? I'll just say, welcome to our 50th episode. Can you believe it, listeners? If you've been listening from the beginning, you must be a real animal expert by now. And if you're a new listener, you can always go back to check our older episodes. Here's a short list of the animals we've talked about in the past. <gasps> Polar bears, black bears, grizzly bears, spirit bears, bats, bees, butterflies, frogs, rabbits, hares, servals, elephants, sharks, whales, ostriches, kangaroos, wombats, quokkas, hummingbirds, rhinos, moose, turtles, penguins, dinosaurs, squirrels, falcons, eagles, caribou, horses, wolverines, otters, arctic foxes, nudibranchs, wolves, thick-billed weirs, beetles, peacocks, pigs, and even unicorns. <laughs> that was a mouthful. Thankfully, the list of animals that I still want to explore is much, much longer than this. So we'll keep exploring the wonders of nature together for a long, long time. And don't forget, if you want to refresh your memory about the animals I just mentioned, just scroll up in your podcast feed and start fresh with episode one. Or go to earthrangers.com podcast for an overview of all previous episodes. Earth Rangers! 50 is quite a lot. I wonder. Let's see how your animal identification skills have improved after 50 episodes. I think it's time for a podniversary edition of... Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Okay, you may think this one's a laugh, so check it out. like a laugh. But which animal made that sound? Want to guess right away? Okay, I'll play it one more time. Listen out. (laughs) Ready to guess? The laughing beast was... The hyena! Congratulations to everyone who guessed right. (laughs) Nice job. BT Dubs, what kind of jokes do hyenas like? Doesn't matter. They'll laugh at anything. (laughs) Now, as you may know, in many ways, last year was no laughing matter. The pandemic brought a lot of uncertainty and hardships to lots of people. For example, many of my fellow wildlife biologists had to cancel or postpone their field research last year. But thankfully, it wasn't all bad. It's just that sometimes, among all the headlines about COVID-19, the wonderful good news stories get missed. But don't worry, Earth Ranger Emma is on the case. I found some amazing conservation success stories from 2020 that are totally worth celebrating. You know what? Let's do a countdown. Top 5 Good News Conservation Stories from 2020 Number 5. In November, 14 countries responsible for 40% of the world's coastlines signed a new pledge to end overfishing, restore fish populations, and stop the flow of ocean plastic in the next 10 years. I'd say that's an ocean of awesomeness. Number 4. 
More than 2 million people in northern India planted over 250 million trees as part of a government plan to tackle climate change. I know! In number three, Kenya reported that its elephant population has more than doubled from 16,000 in 1989 to 34,000 today. And the number of lions living in the country has risen by 25% too, from 2000 in 2010 to 2,489 in 2020. That's the kind of numbers that make you proud of your lion pride. Number two. In our last episode, we learned about Lazarus taxon, animals that we thought we had lost, but were discovered again. Well, get this. Two decades ago, the Burmese roof turtle was thought to be extinct. Conservationists have since helped the population recover to nearly 1,000 animals, some of which have been successfully released into the wild in Myanmar. Number one. Spain reported that there are now 894 Iberian lynx in the wild, up from just 92 in 2002. That's one of the best conservation success stories of modern times. Wow, so many great conservation stories. What a great reminder that it is possible to make a difference. You know what? I got one more bonus story for you. And for this one, you can give yourself a big pat on the back. I know that many of you listeners have downloaded the Earth Rangers app and become true card-carrying Earth Rangers members. And on top of that, thousands of kids have decided to help animals in need through the Earth Rangers Wildlife Adoption Program. If you haven't heard about it, let me give you a brief overview of how it works. You go to the adoption section in the app and pick an endangered animal, be it a polar bear, great horned owl, river otter, or one of our other amazing conservation projects. And then you can pick between a virtual or plush adoption kit. Virtual kits are $10 and unlock an animal companion for your avatar, some cool new avatar items, a virtual badge, and a digital adoption certificate. A plush adoption kit costs $40 and includes all the same virtual goodies as well as an adorable stuffed animal of the animal you've chosen to protect and a poster and a printed adoption certificate. If you're not on the app, you can also get the plush adoption kits directly at our e-store at theearthrangershop.com. And here's the best part. The money you raise goes to support important real-life conservation work. Like, look at our wolverine project, for example. Wolverines are one of our fave wild and wily animals, but they need our help. Climate change and habitat loss are making it harder for them to find the massive territories they need to call home. That's why we called on you to help, and we're happy to report you did just that, in a big way. Last year, over 1,000 of you pledged to protect wolverines, and you raised over $10,000 to help researcher Miriam Barreto as she worked to learn about the wolverines that make their homes in Canada's Rocky Mountains. Miriam, by the way, super cool. She is a wolverine researcher, but also a rock climber, mountaineer, skier, and ultra runner. And guess what? Our Earth Rangers members got to name two of the wolverines that Miriam is studying. Usually researchers just call the animals they're observing something boring, like male number 17 or adolescent B7. But Miriam wanted some more interesting names for her wolverines. So she asked us for help. And boy, did we come up with great suggestions, like Watson and Wendy, Quill and Millie, or Hugh and Cookie. The names that got chosen in the end were Rocky and Rose. Adorbs. Studying wolverines is very difficult, but it's a fascinating job. I actually had a chance to chat with Miriam a few weeks ago to find out more about her exciting research. Here, check it out. Hello. Hi, 
Um, this is Earth Ranger Emma. I'm looking for Miriam Barreto. Hey, Emma, this is Miriam. Oh, hi, great. Um, I'm working on a podcast about wildlife conservation work, and I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about your work. Would that be okay? Yeah, for sure. What would you like to know? Awesome. Well, I actually saw this short film on YouTube called Chasing a Trace, and you were like the star of the film. I mean, well, you and the Wolverines. Now, from what I saw, it seems like a typical day in your life goes just something like this. Like a helicopter drops you off somewhere in the remote snowy wilderness of the Rockies, and then you're off on your own on foot or maybe on skis to track Wolverines. Is that actually what you do in real life? <laughs> I wish I did that every day. Um, yes, our fieldwork days look a little bit like that. We either walk or ski or take the helicopter to a pretty remote place and then do our work there. Often the helicopter actually stays with us, so we're often not all by ourselves. But yeah, we're pretty out there. That sounds so cool. Did you have to train to become a survival expert first in order to go on expeditions like that? <laughs> yes. Um, well, not really officially, but I have spent a lot of time in the mountains. I do climb, I rock climb, I climb mountains, I go ski touring, I'm an ultra runner, and we, we've done a lot of winter expeditions to big mountains. So there's been a lot of training, really, so that we can actually make this field work safe. Because it is kind of not that safe to just go outside in the middle of winter, in the middle of nowhere and hope that nothing happens, right? You can't do it that way. You have to really be prepared. It's often not comfortable. It's like winterfield work sounds so cool, but then it's minus 20 or minus 30 degrees. And it can be windy, it can be cold. We can get, we get very tired because the days are really long. So you have to be the right kind of person, somebody who really likes uncomfortable situations and has a lot of tricks to deal with it, to know when to put on a layer, when to take off a layer, when to have a drink of tea and just make sure that everything stays safe. Gotcha. It sounds like an amazing and incredibly tough job. I'm really curious, why did you decide to study wolverines? What did you like about them? They are just so amazing. They can survive in these mountains and they do all the things that we as mountain sports people aspire to, right? They just live out there where we only go for a weekend. And so they're just fascinating, but they're also really vulnerable. So I realized that here's a species that isn't endangered at this point, but that needs a lot of work because we, we knew very little about them. And so I just realized that in order to make sure that they don't become endangered, we have to very, very rapidly learn about them and then try to get governments and people to put conservation measures in place. Hmm. Well, why are wolverines threatened in nature? There's a number of different reasons. One of the main reasons, especially in the past, has been that they have been heavily over harvested. So wolverines have really nice fur. It doesn't freeze in winter. So a lot of people, they like wolverine for face trimmings. It's really warm. And then people also like fur for other reasons. So the fur trade has really, really made a big dent in their numbers, especially in the early 1900s. So they're still recovering from that in some areas. But even in British Columbia, where they have never been extirpated, trapping can still have an impact just on numbers. But then also we're changing their habitat a lot, right? With forestry, with us in the mountains, with roads, they have to navigate train tracks. They have to like learn how to deal with roads. There's a lot of different things, how we impact them. 
And then life is just hard for Wolverines in the mountains, right? There's avalanches, there's bears, there are wolves. Sometimes they don't find food. So it's a tough life to live in these really inhospitable places. So we're maybe not helping. Well, what can we do to help protect them? The, so to help protect Wolverines is in a way very similar to any other species, but also much more difficult. So the big thing is Wolverines don't really like people, it seems. They stay away from places where there's a lot of people or where there's a lot of activity. So one thing is that we really want to protect big natural areas. They don't have to be completely pristine, but they need to have really, really big areas that are connected where we only tread very lightly. So mountains are a really good place because very often people can't really live in the mountains. So it's easier to give them a lot of space. So just giving them a space where we aren't. And then the other thing is to really make sure that if there is harvest, that it's not too much. So that's probably the two things, just try to keep as many areas as possible wild for wolverines. And that also helps all the other species, right? Like the mountain goats, the caribou, the elk, the deer, they all want quiet places that are natural where people can go, we can take trees out, we can do things, but if we don't do too much, then those species can survive. The only difference is that wolverines need so much more space that when you talk wolverine conservation, you have to just go one step further. It's not enough to protect one valley. You have to protect 10 valleys and the next mountain range too. So that's maybe the biggest challenge that they need those wild places, but they need them at a really big scale. It's actually really cool that if we focus on protecting this one species, we can help protect an entire ecosystem just because they need so much space. I really like that about wolverine conservation. If we manage to keep the wolverines in these mountains or even in forests, right? Like in Eastern Canada and Ontario, they live in a boreal forest. And they're usually a pretty good indicator for whether that ecosystem is still healthy. And if you find wolverines in good numbers, it usually means that the whole ecosystem is still doing quite well. So it's it's not just one or the other. And we should anyway not focus on these individual species too much because the wolverine also needs food. So if the prey species don't do well, the wolverine won't do well. So it's we really have to look at these things together. No, I, I that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> this was such an exciting interview. I feel like I learned so much about wolverines I didn't know before. <laughs> Thank you very much, Emma. It was really nice talking to you. Okay, bye! Bye-bye. Rats! I totally forgot to ask how Rocky and Rose are doing. I was too blown away by the fact that by helping wolverines, we can help so many other animals. But you know, that's actually true about any of our adoption projects. We choose the animals we love the most to protect, but by helping arctic foxes, midland painted turtles, or the western bumblebee, you actually help all of the other animals that live in their entire ecosystem. It's all interconnected. Earth Rangers, did I mention that this is our 50th episode? Because you know what? It's our 50th episode. We've actually had in total 50 episodes. That's not one five, that's five zero, as in the number that comes after 49. It's our 50th episode. <sighs> okay, okay, fine. But did I tell you that to celebrate the occasion, we now have brand new Earth Rangers podcast t-shirts available in our e-store? They are super stylish in a bright, beautiful blue. And they say, keep on ranging on them. <laughs> Genius. You can ask your parents to go to theearthrangershop.com to check them out. And while you're browsing the store, you gotta see the Earth Rangers podcast Bluetooth speaker. It is so awesome. It's absolutely perfect for listening to our show with a friend, sibling, or parent. 
Plus, it's made from super sustainable wheatgrass instead of plastic. Isn't that amazing? Now, if you would like to win one of these speakers, you should totally consider entering the Junior Wildlife Reporters Contest. Speaking of which, here are Earth Rangers Annalise and Lydia with their report about the most dangerous bird in the world. That's right, it's time for Junior Wildlife Reporters. Hello, Earth Rangers! I'm Shield with my Junior Wildlife Report. Today, I'm going to tell you about the Kiwi Amazon River Dolphin. Junior Wildlife Reporters! Hi, Earth Rangers. I'm Earth Ranger Annalise. And I'm Earth Ranger Lydia. We are reporting on the Australian Southern Castleberry. You may have not heard of this before, but it is the most dangerous bird in the world. It is the most dangerous bird in the world because it can run as fast as a car, it can jump five feet in the air, and as dagger-like toes. So, like, when it jumps, it could, like, slash you with its toes. And it has a shield on its head made out of keratin, and keratin is the stuff that your fingernails are made of. And what does it look like? It has black glossy feathers. And it has a blue neck with red markings on it. So this is a very cool bird. I hope you enjoyed and learned some new stuff. Bye. Bye. Wow, that was so cool, Annalise and Lydia. Southern cassowary are dangerous birds. But like most dangerous animals, they won't do anything if we give them space and don't try to approach them or feed them. I put a photo on the episode notes so you can appreciate how they look. And like all our junior reporters, you got yourself a chance to win our special edition Earth Rangers podcast speakers. Good luck! All right, friends. Thank you so much for listening. I'm looking forward to the next 50 episodes. I can't tell you why, but I have a feeling that adventure awaits us. Until next time, stay curious and keep on ranging! Hello, parents, homeschoolers, and teachers. Trusty Narrator here from the Who Smarted Podcast. Our 15-minute episodes are perfect for car rides, bedtime, break time, class time, or any time. We make learning science and history fun and funny for 7 to 11-year-olds with new episodes every week. Look for Who Smarted on any podcast platform or at whosmarted.com. And teachers get a free subscription to our ad-free version by clicking educators at whosmarted.com. Hey, animal lovers. Earth Ranger Emma here to tell you about my favorite app, the Earth Rangers app. By signing up for a free membership, you can access tons of fun content like daily animal trivia, puzzles, top 10 lists, and my podcast, of course. In the app, you can send me notes by commenting on the episode pages. I just love hearing from you. You can also complete environmental missions, do eco-friendly crafts, and help protect animals. And if you use the code Emma in the code vault, you'll earn 25 bonus points to help you level up. Download today, and I'll see you in the app.